0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSC. Hey,
2: everybody. Welcome back to Buckethead's Land Grant Holy Land's College Basketball Podcast. My name is Connor Lamans. And I will be joined in just a second here by my co-host Justin Golba for episode 27 of our weekly basketball podcast. Um, today, we're just going to talk about what we, what the hell we just saw on TV. Ohio State, Rutgers, um, Buckeyes lose a heartbreaker 66-64 at the rack. They had a lead late and it slipped away. Just, Justin, how are we feeling about this one? Um, what's your... I don't want to say what's your takeaway because it, your takeaway can't be good, but I guess how are you feeling? How is morale?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because we talked about last time after Purdue, like the concept of moral victories and how like sometimes a of loss isn't that big of a, you know, a loss can be a good loss. This is like the complete opposite where it's just demoralizing because you had a lead late against a good team, mind you, like, right, like we and we'll talk about later. Right? This isn't necessarily a bad loss in terms of who you lost to. It's a bad loss in terms of how you lost it. and. Um, this is one of those that just kind of, luckily they get on the court again quick because you don't want to be thinking about this one for too long.
2: Yeah. I would say, I mean, there's a couple of different ways to look at it. Um, going into this game, going into this game, you know, if you've been paying attention to Rutgers and you know, they have, a, they have a pretty talented roster, you could say, okay, we're on the road at the rack. It's probably a toss up. I think Ohio state was favored by like two points in this game. Um, and then they lose, and you're like, okay, it was a toss-up anyway. But the way I see it is you're up eight with like three minutes left on the road. You are the more talented team. You're the team that's in the hunt for a Big Ten title, not them. Um, it, it changes It changes the expectation from it's a to toss-up to, okay, you have to find a way to hold on to win this game. You have a lead on the road in a tough place to win. you got to find a way. And to not score for the last four minutes, I mean, that's inexcusable it's been a very good offense all year long. So it's not like this is something you see often. And I think even more important is EJ Le- EJ Liddell not getting a shot over the final 248 when Rutgers was charging back. I think, I mean, I, I, don't, know. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how you let that happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and I don't know if you agree with me here, obviously, well, I think you agree with me on the play of the game was, was obviously the Caleb McConnell block. I'm even going to go as far as to say if, Caleb McConnell does not make that block. Ohio State wins this game. Not just by math standards, but that would give you a six-point lead. Rutgers would have to slow the ball down because they'd have to actually literally get back and inbound the ball and take some time. Uh, So you'd have a six-point lead with under two minutes left. That pretty much would have ended the game. Uh, So, I mean, credit to Caleb. I saw people blaming Malachi Brandon. Malachi Brandon didn't do anything wrong. He went up for the dunk. Caleb McConnell just made an unbelievable hell of a play. And that's what – I mean, he's he's probably going to win Big Ten player Big Ten defensive
2: <laughs> player of the year. I mean, I would argue it's even harder. It's even harder to block a shot when a guy's dunking it versus going oh, for 100%. a layup. And, he, and he's going to release the ball into the air for at least a split second. I think blocking it like that when he's dunking is even harder.
1: Well, and, and that's, I saw people like, I saw a comment was like, well, why'd he cock the ball back to dunk? I was like, that is how you dunk. <laughs> like, you, you don't bring the ball up 90 degrees to dunk, you cock it back to dunk. So yeah, that's, I mean, just,
2: that's just nitpicking at that point, man. That's, like, yeah, that's
1: just physics. I mean, and so it's just sometimes it's just a hell of a play, and you can just chalk it up to a hell of a play. And I think that I think that I, it's you know blocked by James. You know, I think it won them the game right there. Blocked by McConnell. I was a little upset I didn't hear that call by uh by I don't know who's on the I know Robbie Hummel was on the play by play or the analysis, but I don't know who's on the play by play. But regardless, I think that game, I think that play really kind of won them the game and then yeah you're right EJ Liddell I'm I'm not necessarily one of those people that thinks like he has to have the ball in his hands just because you know a lot of times in that situation they'll do everything they can to take him out of the game and you know Malachi Branham had a good look I like that he got in the paint Ron Harper just made a good play I'm not even really opposed to Justin Arnes taking that final shot one because he was absolutely fouled like that's not even that he was he was fouled so it'd be nice if the refs could call that but um, you know, just, Justin Arndt is a good shooter. It wasn't their – you could very clearly tell it was not their go-to play. They were trying to get the ball down low to either Branham or Liddell, and it got clogged up, so Arndt's popped out. It was probably their third read in that situation, if I had to guess. Um, And, you know, it didn't fall. But it, it just sucks to, like you said, to go three minutes. And when they took the timeout, it was 64 to 60. When they took the timeout, I said to myself, well, probably just allowed in my apartment – you know, this is the biggest possession of the game. That's why they took the timeout. You got to get it right. And they did, they got a freaking baseball pass to Malachi Branham wide open. And it's just a hell of a play by McConnell, man.
2: Yeah. It's, um, that's a tough one. Um, and also it sucks to hold, fuck,
1: bro. Oh, so, excuse me. It, but it stinks to hold Ron <laughs> Harper too. You know, I'm trying to keep it peachy. It, it really stinks to hold Ron Harper though too one for eight shooting and you lose the game i mean this was probably geo baker's best game and i saw him do it i was watching and i thought about this during the game two weeks ago they played minnesota and they looked horrible I man Rutgers couldn't get anything going but geo baker just kind of lit this fire underneath them and just led them to the win over minnesota and actually i don't even remember they won the game but led them to have a chance to win the game late and it was just kind of like that again he had 25 points six rebounds you know, he was really Cliff Amory had a decent game, but he was kind of in foul trouble all game, um, and he didn't even hit. He didn't hit his rebound averaging. He hit his points average, but not his rebounds. But and like I said, holding Ron Harper to one for eight and still
2: losing the game is just
1: ah, it's tough.
2: Yeah, Rutgers is. Um, I'm trying to find Geo Baker's game logs to see if this was his best game of the season. But
1: it had to Rutgers be the, is, this
2: one in Minnesota. He has. He's weird because he's had games he hasn't scored. But then I'll have he games had, where he has twenty seven. You know, he had, like he had twenty seven against Michigan. He had twenty. He had twenty five against Minnesota. He had zero against Northwestern when they lost.
1: Okay, so I think Geo Baker might be the most important player in college basketball to Rutgers. Then
2: at this point, because they yeah. lost Northwestern, so Rutgers. I mean, you could make an argument. The thing about people. Rutgers is a weird team, and I put this – I wrote the game preview for this one in an odd flip of changing of roles this time. I wrote the game preview, and you wrote the game recap this time, and I listed out some of Rutgers' losses. They have lost to DePaul, not a good team. They have lost to UMass, not a good team. They lost to Lafayette, which is Ken Palm's number 300 and I believe 25 team. They have also lost to Northwestern, Minnesota – Maryland, they basically have lost to all the worst teams in the Big Ten, not named Nebraska. Um, they have a lot of bad losses on their resume, but they've also beaten Purdue, and they beat the snot out of Michigan State at home. And when you look at their lineup, correct me if I'm wrong, like that's not a bad lineup. In the beginning of the season, preseason, we all thought this was a tournament team because you got Ron Harper, you got Geo Baker, um, Cliff Morier is he's he's a good solid center. Paul Mulcahy he is kind of a do-everything guy. He's not going to flash in any particular part of the game, but he's very good all around. Like This looked like a tournament team before the season started, and they have some ugly losses, but some really, really good wins. So it's really, really hard. It's it's hard to put a label on them of, of what to expect with them.
1: Yeah, a good friend of the podcast, Kevin Sweeney, tweeted that after their win. He said they have by far the strangest resume in college basketball. Um, they have probably the best wins. As you said, they beat Michigan State. They – absolutely manhandled Michigan state. They beat them 84 to 63. And I watched the entire game. It was, it was, it was, I wanted them to call the game. It was just bullying at this point. They beat Purdue. Ron Harper had 30 points. He pretty much put the, he geo Baker, the team and put him on his back. But like you said, they've lost a Lafayette who is just bad. There's no other way to word it. They're bad. So, you know, it's inner. It's going to be kind of interesting to see late. And they have Andy cats, Brought this up probably 45 times in the halftime show that they have a lot of games coming up that they to get them some. They play Illinois, uh, they play Illinois, they play Purdue again. They still have two games left against Wisconsin, so they have a lot of games. I think it was Wisconsin, but they have a lot of games coming up where they can get some Q1 wins. This was their fourth Q1 win, which is a lot. I mean, the Q1 teams, there's not a lot of them out there, so uh, to get four wins already, that's more than Ohio State. I
2: think Ohio State is three.
1: Ohio State is three so uh, it's just one of those things where it's like man they're winning and that that goes that is kind of a lot of it has to do with playing at the rack or as they like to call it now Jersey Mike's Arena which is just stupid but it's the rack but um, you know because they beat Purdue there they beat Michigan State there um, and it's just a tough place to play for some reason I don't think it's a great atmosphere but I don't think it's like one of the I don't I wouldn't put it like top three in the sport you know
2: no uh, absolutely not
1: no but it's just so hard to win there and and you know just honestly credit to uh credit to geo baker he really had ohio state's defense kind of on their heels throughout the throughout that game there's a couple of times and especially jamari wheeler man because Wheeler's is an unbelievable defender as we know but even that last possession where he got fouled he had wheeler kind of kind of skating a little bit so you know he he, he did a good job of kind of keeping them off off balance and I thought the biggest issue coming into this game was going to be offensive rebounding. Coming into the game, Rutgers is fourth in the conference in offensive rebounding. Well, Ohio State, obviously, we know they like to give those up. Rutgers only had five in this game. Ohio State had 13. So that was actually – it's just – it's and just going back to that point, it's just one of those games where, like, you beat them at what they're good at. You held their best player to, you know, one for eight shooting. Like, you did everything you had to do to win just except score 66 points.
2: They were <laughs> – they were the better team for – Ohio State was the better team for 37 minutes. And then it absolutely yeah. all went out the window over the last three minutes. It was almost like – Well, and that's know.
1: where to it, it, there was a moment from eight minutes – and I saw someone bring this up. From about from – I'll say 14 minutes left in the game to seven minutes left in the game. Ohio State had some chances to push. They had like a four or five point lead to push it out to eight or ten, maybe even ten or twelve. And they just didn't do it. They kind of let Rutgers hang in there, and eight point like coming back for eight points down in three minutes, is not a terribly difficult task. It can be done. No, that's why I'm seeing. So if you I'm could push it to people, like fourteen or fifteen, now that's yeah, now you're making it impossible. You know, and that's where it's like, oh damn, you missed that opportunity.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I'm seeing people that are saying I, I'm, I'm going to try to limit my Twitter exposure. I think oh, for yeah. tonight because there's going to be some it's fiery bad. takes.
1: Um, I've already seen I've already seen Chris choke Chris Chokeman, which is just not original or accurate.
2: Ohio State's largest lead I think was eight, so it's like like you were just saying um, it, it was it was before the run coming back from down eight with four minutes left is not unheard of. It's not impossible. I don't want to say it's not hard, but you know, the other, Ohio State had the upside for sure. They had the advantage, but it's nothing miraculous. It's nothing crazy. So to act like you know the Buckeyes blew like a twenty point lead with four minutes left.
1: They didn't purdue it.
2: <laughs> this was not this was not a collapse. It no. wasn't like a crazy comeback. They just went they just went flat over the final three minutes. Yeah. That lead throughout the game, it never got to more than eight points. This was never out of reach. Rutgers was right there the whole time. Ohio State just went flat at the wrong time. And they got some good looks too. Branham had a his favorite shot is that little mid-range, you know, he's yeah. dribbling in, stop and pop himself. He had a really good look from like six feet away. That was for some reason really really short. I just thought that was going in because he always hits those. Um, Branham got blocked twice at the rim in the last five minutes. You know they got they they ran good plays to get good looks, and you know it just it just didn't happen. They just fell flat in the last three minutes. I thought that the play where Geo Baker got fouled. Um, I don't know who they called the foul on. But what's was, what's crazy is if you saw where Chio Baker was when he got fouled, he put himself in a really bad spot. He drove to the basket, bail out
1: it was a bailout for sure.
2: Yeah, for sure. He drove to the basket. He was on the right side, and you have six seven Kyle Young and six eight Zed Key going up next to him. And if you saw where he shot the ball, he literally had the ball in his right hand and just threw it straight up. Like, yeah. He and did, it, he it, it might have been a have foul
1: a but it might have been a foul
2: because kyle young got a little bit of body but it was definitely a bailout it was definitely i'm not saying it's a bailout call i think it was a foul on the body what i'm saying is why did they foul him there
1: like yeah yeah i mean like that's what i mean kyle young kyle young bailed him out that's what i'm saying oh, okay yeah. i thought you're
2: saying the refs bailed him out no like he was fouled but he's fouled. but i'm questioning why like They put, you know, Geo Baker drives into two much taller guys. He's got the ball in his right hand. He's got two defenders standing on his left that are ready to block a shot. He, Geo Baker, stuck himself in a bad spot there. And Kyle Young or Zed Key, whoever they called the foul on, they bail him out. Geo Baker did not have an angle even to get that ball into the basket. You know, he, he, you know, you don't follow him. He chucks the ball straight up. Ohio State gets it. You're probably just going to overtime. Um, It's just, they either they were either missing open shots down the stretch or they were just making boneheaded mistakes they just fell flat but this game was never crazy out of hand for rutgers i mean that's eight points that's a three possession game with with four minutes left i mean you're right there
1: yeah i was thinking about this last night because i forget what game i watched but there was a concept going around that one team choked right because they gave up like a five point lead with like a minute and a half left that's not choking that's just losing Uh, there's a big difference there and I don't think Ohio State choked this game away I think that they just they went like you said they went cold at the wrong if you go cold for three minutes with 11 minutes left in the game you can recover problem is you can't go cold with three minutes left in the game for three minutes and it's not like Rutgers had it going everywhere of their last 10 points Geo Baker had eight of them and the other one was just Cliff Amore had a put back that was it it was all Geo Baker. They just they caught Geo Baker at the wrong on the wrong day. And it was Geo Baker all game. He had the he most first half points. He had the most last points. You know, and I get it. it you know, it's tough for this team because there's a couple games this year, probably pointing to Florida, probably pointing to Xavier, and probably pointing to this one that they should have won. And it you probably pointed to a bad loss and bad second half play, but I don't know. I I'm not I'm also and we kinda of talked about this earlier. I'm not one of those people that like I really just don't care too much about the regular season, if that makes sense. I like especially with this specific team, because the one thing Ohio State hasn't really shown is just like 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 what happened last year with Oral Roberts. I just want that stink to be gone. I don't really care if they lose the Rutgers on February 9th, to be very honest. I just want them to get to the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight. So and this is where I'll kind of put this. Two things can come from this game, right? when this happens to bad teams or fraudulent teams, I guess, as we like to call them, they kind of fold. Okay. Then they'll lose to Michigan. Then they'll lose one next week that they should win. And this will really kind of spiral their season. Now, when this happens to a good team, you learn from it, right? You don't make those mistakes late. You learn from what you messed up. Maybe if Chris Holtman probably could have called a better last three minutes, he learns from it, whatever the case may be. So it's going to be very interesting to see specifically Michigan because you're kind of running into a, the same exact team as Rutgers, right? A team that's under they've underperformed way more than Rutgers this season, but a team that's probably underperformed, but a team that can still beat probably anybody if they have a good night. They they beat Indiana at Indiana. You know, they gave Purdue a run for their money, so and you're at Michigan. This is another road game. So and it's not too far away. You play you play Saturday. It's Wednesday night. So um it'll be very interesting to see how this team bounces back against Michigan. I think they need a good first 10
2: minutes. Against Michigan, um, that's that's a lot to unpack. I would, I did say a lot. I apologize. <laughs> I would, I would, and unfortunately, I would push back on pretty much all of it. Um, okay, you can use whatever verbiage you want. Choke versus collapse. I guess to me, to me, the offense, the offense choked the last three or four minutes. The offense did not have a basket over the final four minutes. This is the top. This is a top ten offense in the country. This is one of the most one of the most efficient offenses in the country, and they could not get a single basket over the last four minutes of this game to put away Rutgers on the road. To me, that is the offense choking. They couldn't get the ball to EJ Liddell over the final three minutes of this game to get a basket to put Rutgers away. And if if you're, and if the response is, you know, they were throwing everything in the kitchen sink at Liddell they couldn't get him the ball. That means somebody is open. That means somebody is open to get a shot off. And that's um, and that's
1: where, just real quick, that's where I'll say it's not really a choke. Like they just miss shots. You know, I, I think push, choking right, choking is like turnovers. The- choking is like turnovers to me. Like you just played terrible Missing shots is just
2: missing shots. They didn't I turn think ball when over. When you're an efficient offense, though, when you're a great offense like they are, missing shot after shot after shot for four minutes straight, to me, that's the offense choking. I would say that choking and collapsing, though, this is what I was saying, like the verbiage.
1: Yeah, I I, I think we're getting a little bit into the weeds at this point.
2: I would call a collapse like you're up by like 12 with a minute left, and you somehow miraculously find a way to lose. Being up eight is not a collapse. But when you're looking just at the offense, there's no reason not to get a bucket. In the final yeah. four minutes, that's just unexcusable. You, it cannot happen. Yeah. Yeah, Excuse I agree it. With that. Yeah. And I then with that. the regular season, to me, it's like, you know, this this puts their Big Ten title hopes on life support. It is they have it really no. I mean, they I have mean have they're no half a game back anymore. technically.
1: They're half a game back in the loss column. So I mean, they they just it looks weird right now because they have three games or two games less than everybody. But the loss column is what you really have to look at because it's the winning percentage. And they have, they're only two games. They're only a, a half. They, you know, everybody has three losses in the first place. The high state is four. So I think it just depends on, first of all, if they even reschedule the Iowa game, that's going to be a big thing because if they have one less game, that's one less chance to win, uh, which it, it looks sounds like they, like will. they are
2: going to reschedule that. Yes. But how I, would, how I would look at it is Purdue. We've we both agreed from the beginning that Purdue's going to win the Big Ten. Since the beginning, we believe that. Purdue yeah. is 10 and three in the conference. They've got seven games left. I would say 15 and 5, maybe 16 and 4 is probably going to be the record of whoever wins this conference. So let's say. Yeah, I've always said
1: 5, 15 and 5.
2: Let's let let's go conservatively. We'll say Purdue is the champ at 15 and 5. Ohio State is what, 17 and 4 right now? I'm sorry, not 17. 7, seven and 4 seven. in conference play now?
1: Yeah, 7 and 4.
2: That means to get to 15 and 5, they're going to have to do. We'll go what? eight and one over the last nine games. That's assuming Purdue goes 15 and five, loses two more conference games. Just honestly, Purdue looks so good right now. I don't even know if they lose two more conference games, but we'll say 15 and five for Purdue. That's just how I look at it is Ohio state has one, maybe two losses left in them before you're, you're out of that conversation.
1: Yeah. I, and I, I, do agree that this pretty much this does really hurt. their obviously they're a uh, big, um their big 10 championship cases i think for me it's just like if you win the big 10 and then you lose in the second round of the tournament nobody cares you know you just hang a banner great but like your success in the tournament especially with the criticism of chris holtman specifically has been the tournament i think i'd rather this team get these kind of losses out now learn from it and then come the tournament time like i said like and we talked about this and uh drive the lane talked about it too um, our good friends over there, Joey Lane, and this team is built for the tournament because of kind of what they've gone through in the regular season. Now, it's getting a little shaky in that regard, in my opinion, with terms of injuries, because we don't know what Miji Johnson, Eugene Brown has missed some time. Now, Seth Towns is officially shut down, which we've kind of seen coming, but Justice Suing might get shut down. So I don't I, I think this team needs to get healthy. But um, in terms of just going through, I mean, this is what 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 is this? Their seventh game? This come down to the last basket, right? Seven, six.
2: I, I don't know what the number is,
1: and I think they're three and three. I think it's six in the three and three in those games. So you know, you win. That's literally the definition of you win some, you lose some. And the choke. I'm not. I'm not married to the choking, collapsing, take what you know. I think that's just verbiage. I do think they should have won this game. You know, that's not. That's not the argument I'm making. Um, I think just sometimes that gets overused a little bit um, in terms of like, I. When this when this team was up eight, I wasn't like turn it off. This thing's over, you know. I, I mean that that's a a no. reasonable a reasonable. Obviously, you need some things to happen, but uh, I think that's a reasonable. As we said, a reasonable score to come back from. And I think that, like I obviously, I think the biggest play of this game if Malachi Branham is able to put that dunk down, I think I think High State wins this game.
2: Unfortunately, this team was not picked to win the Big Ten. They were picked to kind of be in the four to six range which is where they are right now. Um,
1: I I think the fact they're in it this late says a lot. Because, And granted, Purdue's lost more than I thought they would. I thought there was truly a chance Purdue did not lose a Big Ten game, which sounds kind of ridiculous because it's such a tough conference. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm impressed they're in it this late, to be honest.
2: When when I'm at the arena, I'm covering the games, I try my best to be my objective observer. But a game like this, I mean, it it just brings out the – this team was not meant – to win the Big 10 championship this season. I understand, but they had they had an absolute window over the next week and a half, two weeks you have mm-hmm. four games that you're going to be favored in that they could have gone from 7 and 3 to 11 and 3. Um that like That's, they I'm had an opportunity, they had an opportunity to make a run and they still they still very well could end up in the top 4 with, like the double bye in the Big 10 tournament. But I, and I could be just speaking as a fan, somebody that has been tuned in and watching every game since I you know I got into basketball when I was like thirteen and I care about basketball more than I care about Ohio State football, which makes me absolutely crazy in this in this state. But big Ten championships to these fans, the people that follow basketball, Ohio state fans they're they're starving for a banner in Columbus. It's been a decade. Um, it's been since I was in middle school since they won a big Ten championship. So I think that for me is why this one stings so much because there was a window there. And I just like it, it depends what kind of fan you are. I disagree. I think that to me, winning a Big Ten title is just as valuable as making an Elite Eight. To me, having oh, yeah, yeah, a banner, I agree with that, having a banner I mean, yeah. in in the shot that you won the Big Ten, that means a lot, and that means just as much to me as like making an Elite Eight run. Which trust me, I'm starving for them just to make it to the second weekend too. But they just it stings because they had a window. To make a little run here in my preview, in my game preview today, I used the the metaphor or a simile of that scene from Talladega Knights*, the the the, uh, the slingshot scene with uh, Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton Jr., where he you know slingshots and blasts ahead of John Gerrard. I'm like, this is Ohio State's slingshot moment here. They've got a chance to to make their move, and it just feels like you know, when you lose a, a winnable game like that. And you know you've got some tough ones, you know, down the road. I think that their their window to make that move, um, I think it more or less closed with that. So that's I would just push back that the Big Ten turn that the Big Ten's not as important to win the Big Ten because I think that winning the conference to a lot of people is 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 just as important as making a Sweet Sixteen or an Elite Eight, um, and that's why this one stings. It is just one game in February, but. But there was a window, and that's my that's my rant, and that's me totally losing my objectivity and totally ranting as a fan because um, that's how I reacted to this game. It just that's why it stings.
1: Yeah, and I completely understand. all That's why I said to me, to me, I just don't. You know, I understand that people love Big Ten championships. I get it, and I will never argue with someone that does, like 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 you that that really enjoys it. it just to me, I don't, as someone who watched like twenty twelve for or, or twenty eleven is a good example. of This to me maybe it's scoring me of like, yeah, they won a big 10 championship, but they were one seed lost in sweet 16. Like that hurt, you know, that I'd rather them go to the final four and finish there in the big 10. You know, it's just, just to me, I don't, so I, that's why I specified it. Like in my opinion, I just don't really have too much of a value. I on I just it. think
2: during the regular season, I feel like everything in the regular season leading up to the tournament, it's framed as your standings in the big 10. It's framed as your standings in the conference. That's why, Last night, well, I guess when this comes out, it'll be Thursday. Two nights ago with um, Illinois and Purdue and Michigan State versus Wisconsin. Those are huge games because those are the top four teams in the conference. Like winning the Big Ten means – meaning winning the Big Ten is tough. I mean, there's a reason that won it in a a decade. So that's just why this was a winnable game. They they did not have it in the bag, but they had a huge advantage down the stretch. They should have hung on to win this game, um, and they let it slip away. So – I'll be interesting. I'll be interested to go back and hopefully I can listen to the press conference because um, you know we don't get paid enough to fly out to Jersey to, to be there, so we didn't get to see the press conference. But I would be interested in kind of what Holtman's explanations are for first of all why Liddell didn't get a touch the last three minutes. Um, definitely would be interested in. Really, I'd just be interested in his what he his comments were on on those final few offensive possessions so i think defensively they they didn't do that terribly you held them to 66 points you let them score 10 points over the final four minutes basically um which i mean that's not great but that's not anything abysmal it's not like it was a defensive meltdown it was it was the offense so i i'm really interested to see his answers for those last few offensive possessions because I know, I know we, I know we save Chris Holtman's ass all the time on this podcast, partially because in our website in general, because he's a good guy. He's really nice. He's a nice guy. He cares about, um, he cares about his players. He cares about the community in this city and he loves the university and we like him as a person. And I think saying, you know, choke men and this and that, and. Ohio State's been pretty good in close game situations, so That's what to I act mean. like That's why that doesn't make sense. To me act like it's been you a trend it. that oh he always chokes in these games is just false. Not but it them. doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you can let him off the hook for this loss. Like we need to hear the answers as to what happened those last few possessions offensively and how it just completely disappeared. I mean that that this is a game they had to win and they more, they had a huge advantage going down the stretch and couldn't get it done.
1: Here's the one thing, I'll, and we can probably end it with this, but the one thing I'll say, kind of, and not, not to always defend Holtman, but of just kind of like maybe try to get the job done late in terms of just players. In the last three minutes, here's, was Ohio, this was Ohio State's offense. Zed Key missed layup. E.J. Liddell miss layup. Jamar Wheeler miss layup. Malachi Brandon miss layup. layup. Malachi Brandon missed jumper. Malachi Brandham missed layup. Justin Orange missed three point jumper. That's six. That's five layups. You know, so at some point, like I do and you and you know, we said the Malachi Brandham jumper, that's exactly where he wants to be. He just missed it. I get the criticism on the final play. I don't think that's what they wanted to do. I think that's just what they had to do. Um, so it just be, you know, it's just one of those kinds of things where I agree, Holtman sometimes I think this is one of those games that looked like they kind of played not to lose instead of to win in the last three minutes, and that's where it hurts. But Listen to the deal. Listen
2: to the deal on Spotify. I saw some comments that were like, um, I saw some comments that were like, um, you know, they were burning clock that last few possessions, which I agree. Probably like. I'd say three minutes is probably not the time to start. I would say three minutes left might not be the time to like start burning clock off in a three possession game. But that's just me. But that's just what I'm saying is like, I don't think defensively it was like a breakdown defensively. It was just offensively. It it just, it just didn't happen. And on the surface, it's just a loss in early February. They have nine more games. um, Technically, big 10 title is not mathematically impossible a top four seed i mean hell to be a top four seed in this conference you could potentially go 12 and 8 and if you have the right tiebreaker you might be a top four seed and get the double buy which if i'm going to indy and i'm booking a hotel i hope they get the double buy so i don't have to stay for an extra night pay for another hotel for another night but if mm-hmm. they could potentially go 12 and 8 in conference and get uh get it in the top four and get the double buy in the Big Ten tournament, which is a big deal, and that's very attainable. So it's not like this is a, a crushing loss. It's just and uh when you look at it under a, a a microscope, if you still believe that this team had a chance to win a title, that, that's just that's just why it stings. But in the grand scheme of things, it is just it is just another February game. They've got three more winnable games lined up right after this. I think it's Michigan and then Minnesota and Indiana at home. If the Buckeyes yeah, rip off all three those of those and they become eight and four in conference, the Rutgers loss for most people is probably going to be, they're probably going to forget about it.
1: Yeah, and it's going to come down to March 3rd, in my opinion. Michigan State at Ohio State for the double buy. That'll be a huge game. Um, just because right now it's kind of seeming like the Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin, they're kind of starting to—they're starting to, as you said, kind of gap that a little bit. Um I think it's going to come down to Ohio State and Michigan State for the four seed and they play each other on the 3rd thankfully it's in Columbus. Um so that'll be that'll be fun to kind of keep an eye on and if it truly does come down to that one game cuz I think the double bye this year is huge. I think it's just you could tell they just they crawled into the uh into the tournament last year the NCAA tournament after cuz they had such a ridiculously tough conference tournament stretch. So I think getting the double bye would be huge especially for a team that's trying to get some guys back on the court. It didn't seem like Michi Johnson's to update on some injuries. It seems like Eugene Brown will be good to go for Michigan. He was game time today and didn't play, uh, but it seems like he'll probably be good to go for Michigan. And then Mitchy Johnson did come back out onto the court, and, and Adam Jardy from the Columbus Dispatch said he was running onto the to the bench. So that helps. So hopefully those guys are not long-term because I think a Eugene Brown in this game would have been very helpful to slow down Geo Baker.
2: I agree, and i I didn't want to say that and make it sound like an excuse because I'm sure the response would be okay I, I, mean, think, I, think a, I
1: think that's a reason over an excuse personally yeah.
2: you know you're you're you know you're missing a guy that averages three points a game and a guy that averages seven points a game and a guy you haven't had all year big big de do which i it, I mean it impacts them it impacts them a lot Eugene Brown's probably the biggest the biggest person missing from that because even if he's not scoring you're right he gets in the way of like Joe yeah. Baker Ron Harper jr. you can switch. You can switch Gene Brown onto pretty much anybody but the center, and he'll give you a pretty good defensive possession on anybody but the center. If that's Geo Baker, Ron Harper, um, if it's Mulcahy, he, he can he can size up most of those guys. Um, another good thing is they've got nine games left, and only three of those are road games. They've been playing on the road yes. a lot, and yeah. after and after they play in Ann Arbor on Saturday, they will have six home games and two road games remaining. So like. Pretty much, you're only playing at home down the stretch. That's why you win it. You win at Michigan this weekend. You'd be what would that be? Eight and four then? Would that be eight and four? I believe if, if they, they win at Michigan, then, yeah. yes,
1: they'll be yeah, they'll be eight and four with two home two very winnable home games coming up.
2: Yeah, then you got six of your last eight at home. So you know it sucks, but you know there it sucks as far as the title goes. But I mean, it's just one February game. If uh, you know, once they fall out of Big Ten title contention, if that happens, you know they're still very much in, in the in the hunt for a top four seed in the Big Ten, and I think for NCAA tournament too, you want to try to get up to like, if possible, a four seed, because um, the five twelves can be tricky. But we can definitely talk about that as we get yeah. closer to the tournament. Um, they this play team. Michigan Saturday. Um, they. I don't know if they'll be favored in that or not. Either way, if Ohio State or Michigan is favored, I can't see the line being like higher than like three either way. Yeah,
1: like that's, a toss up. Up. that's a toss-up. That's a toss-up to me.
2: Because the Ohio State is a better – they're a more well-rounded team, but playing on the road, as we just saw, super hard. Um, and Michigan has –
1: got, got a lot of talent that isn't that isn't meshing together. So in the random games that it meshes together, they're very, very good. It just doesn't do it often.
2: They've got a ton of talent, but you're right. They've got a lot of talent – but it's like the pieces don't quite fit together, like what they lost last year, they lost Isaiah livers, they lost Franz Wagner, um they lost somebody else whose name's escaping me. They lost a lot of talent on that last year's team, and all of their guys they lost pretty much could shoot, and that's why Michigan was so good last year is because kind of like Purdue. You surround a really good center with a bunch of shooters, and you cannot afford to double the center. And if you don't double the center, then he's going to score. This year, they don't have shooters around Hunter Dickinson. They have a bunch of, they have a lot of freshmen. They got Musa Diabate. They have Caleb Houston. Um, a couple of young guards. They don't have reliable scorers or reliable shooters around Dickinson. And, I mean, you know how it works. We kind of saw it when Ohio State had Caleb Wesson. If you don't have anything around your big man, it makes it so hard for the big man to find success.
1: Yeah, and uh, to kind of go back to your earlier point, they lost chandy Brown and uh, Mike Smith too. So those are, yeah. those are also guys that could shoot and kind of also space the floor a little bit. And kind of it goes back to a little bit of what I've been thinking, especially today for Ohio State, because I don't think Ohio State is something – Today would have been a very nice game to have Dwayne Washington, put it that way, Um, because I think they would have won the game. But it's kind of like with Michigan. They're just missing that one piece, you know, this like they can kind of tie it all together. I think a lot of people thought that was going to be Eli Brooks coming into the season or Devontae Jones, Um, you know, as he came in from – he was a transfer, kind of in the Cedric Russell vein, but it was just Cedric Russell. They've they've kind of eased him into the lineup. Uh, Devontae Jones was playing 35 minutes their first game. You know he he they, they didn't have the the death to ease him in so and it's kind of worked it kind of hasn't you know it's been kind of an interesting little run for him so um it, it'll be it'll be inter- Michigan's tough because Hunter Dickinson is very good right I mean he keeps them in games he had twenty and fifteen their last game he he's averaging eighteen and nine on the season he's just a good player um, but th- like you said the problem is a lot of times you can just sink in on him put two or three guys on him in the block. And then when he's going to kick the ball out last year, he was kicking it out to Isaiah livers, Mike Smith, John Brown, Franz Wagner. It was working this year. Not so much. These guys aren't hitting shots. So, you know, it's different when you're kicking the ball out to Brandon Johns Jr. And he's just holding it. You know, it's not, it's not working well. And I think Caleb Houston hasn't quite been exactly what they wanted, which I have, I find it hard to criticize freshmen in the big 10. I don't care how good you are. It's tough. So, He's played okay. He's been great some days, some days he hasn't. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think this is just – again, it's tough because it's on the road. And if you, you – there's a version of this Michigan team that's really, really good, you just haven't seen it that much. And I'm curious as to, you know, kind of what version – I mean, they played – North. they lost by 25 North Carolina that isn't really that good of a team. So, I, this Michigan – they lost to UCF earlier in the season. They're just – they lost to Minnesota. They're just – yeah, they're I mean, not, that's they're not what's figuring gonna, it out. They, they, they that's got, what's they got gonna, murdered by
2: Minnesota. They didn't look good at all. That's what's going to screw them when it comes to tournament time because I think Michigan is, they're like six and five, I think, in conference play right now, which like most years, you know, if you end up like 10 and 10 or 11 and nine, you're probably in the tournament. But they absolutely shit the bucket in non conference play. Like they got yeah, whacked by UCF, North Carolina, um, I'm trying to remember. Quest lost to a non-conference. Like they did not have a good Arizona. Arizona
1: killed them, and that was We're, granted. The Arizona loss is looking
2: better now. Arizona is very yeah. good team. Arizona still, is a very, very good them. team. They murdered. But in them. the end, you don't get any brownie points for losing to a good team. So it still is a loss on their non-conference. On top of UCF, um, on top of North Carolina, they they started out really poorly, and to overcome that to get to the tournament, they're going to have to play really well in conference play. They're probably going to have to end up winning. They'll probably have to end up winning at least 11 or 12 conference games. And I think that they are six and five right now. So they would need to play, you know, 500 basketball, if not a little bit better down the stretch. And they still do have games against Purdue, Ohio state. And I think they have another Michigan state game. At least
1: they do. Um, They do because they had to reschedule their first Michigan state game. That's actually coming up. Um, I think next week. So and they have and a tough another thing. This another week thing too. about Michigan. Another that's another thing about Michigan that people aren't taking into account. They play tomorrow.
2: Guess who they literally play? Just gonna, Purdue. I was literally just going to say that they literally <laughs> so, play Purdue.
1: They literally they play played Purdue. yesterday. So this is yeah. a t- this is not a team that goes deep. They don't go too deep. They they ha- they play probably seven to eight if you consider Kobe Buffkin. He plays ten minutes a game. Um, Frankie Collins plays ten minutes a game. But of guys. They only got six guys to play more than sixteen minutes a game. They played yesterday in a tough battle against Penn State. They play tomorrow at Purdue, so good luck. And then they play Saturday against Ohio State. So that's another thing of just like what kind of legs are you gonna
2: have at that point? Yeah, I was literally just gonna say that. Um they're so, they're playing Purdue when this Barry comes out. There. When, <laughs> when this comes out Thursday, so they're playing Purdue today when this comes out. Um then Friday, which would typically be like a rest day slash probably a light practice before you start really preparing for your next opponent. They probably would watch some film and have a light practice Thursday. I'm sorry, Friday, the day after their Purdue game, that's all they're going to have to, to prepare for Ohio state. It's going to be the day after their Purdue game when they're probably going to be a little beat up, trying to recover, getting in the trainer's room, getting worked on in the trainer's room. Like that is their only day of prep for Ohio state before playing them and Ohio state. It's gonna have some is gonna have a stretch like that too towards the end of the month where they're gonna have a couple games against Illinois and Michigan State where they're only gonna have one day to prepare. So that could impact Michigan a little bit. I think overall Ohio State's a better team than Michigan. I think they're a more well-rounded team than Michigan. I but but the catch is, like you said, I think the best player on the floor is EJ Liddell and a close second, I think, is Hunter Dickinson. Um and then there's a pretty steep drop off. So It won't be easy, and winning on the road um, is not easy. And Ohio State, Michigan in football, obviously, massive rivalry. Um, But Ohio State, Michigan in basketball, um, you know, as far as Big Ten rivalries go, I mean, this is Ohio State's number one rival on the basketball court as well.
1: Yeah, it's the six o'clock ESPN game. So I don't think game day will be there. I think they're going to the 12 o'clock game, but normally game day is at the six uh, o'clock because people forget. There is a college basketball game day. Uh, and it, normally, they go to the six o'clock game, which is this one. But I think they actually switched up their schedule. They're going to the noon game. Uh, but nevertheless, um, it, it'll be uh, it, it just it will be interesting to see kind of what legs they have, and also just I think we're kind of due for a a big game from someone that's not EJ Liddell. I'm not even gonna ponder to guess who it's going to be, but. Uh, I don't know. I was a little. I was a little worried. I was a little bummed with Justin Barnes today because I thought he passed up some shots. I mean, he was one for two, like he only shot the ball twice. And I thought he passed up a couple opportunities, but he's starting to come out of it a little bit. Um, I, I'm assuming we'll see a little more Cedric Russell. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see who can kind of, because I think EJ Liddell is getting put a little too much weight on right now. Um, it's kind of like if he doesn't have 25 and 12, they lose. So. They kind of they need to have somebody else step. And Malachi Branham, kind of back to our other point, he just looked tired at the end of the game. To be honest, um, I mean, he runs he runs around a lot. He gets open kind of with that cardio three sometimes, and I think he just kind of got tired throughout the throughout the game a little bit. And that goes to show with the last shot he had, he just left it short,
2: very short. So yeah, he saw it. What did he finish with? He had a good game. He had nineteen. He's got to chill out a little bit. Yeah. We're gonna lose him to the draft too. Um, Yeah. That's actually becoming a worry at this point. We need to, we need him to like cool it and stay in like the 13 to 15 range so that he doesn't get drafted. So we get a second year him. There is whispers that there might be a recruiting boom that Ohio state might get a commitment in 2023 class. Do you want to educate the folks and myself on who that might be?
1: Yeah. Um, LeBron James jr. No, I'm just kidding. Uh,
2: (laughs) God bless.
1: Yeah. That'd be something. Um, No, so Ohio State in their 2023 class, they have George Washington Jr. as of right now, Um, and they're kind of you know 2023 classes they'll they'll come together as time gets. I'm I'm gonna preface this by like kind of like we were talking about earlier, their um their their rank is probably gonna go down when this when uh Parks commits, uh but have I even said his name yet? Adam Parks, right? You didn't, Adam Parks. It's Adam Parks. Austin
2: Parks, I believe, is his name, not Adam.
1: I don't know why. Adam's been stuck in my head all day. Anyway, Austin Parks, uh, he's a 6'10", kind of power forward center. I don't know. When you're 6'10", in high school, you're a center. I don't care what they really call you. Um, But he's Austin Parks from St. Mary's Memorial High School. I don't really know too much about them. He's listed as 6'9", 240. Nationally, he's he's 148th in the national ranks, 18th best center sixth best player in the state of ohio he is committing on uh saturday morning i think and he's between ohio state indiana and west virginia all signs are kind of pointing to ohio state right now um and what i was trying to get at earlier before i realized i hadn't said his name yet sorry it's a long it's it's 11 o'clock as we're recording this and i'm a tired boy um but uh their recruiting class numbers are probably going to go down when he commits, but that's only just because, like I said, they only have one commit right now, and it's a top 25 guy. So i take those with a grain of salt if that's what you're looking at. Uh, he's a good player. It'll be nice to have – I mean, barring Felix Akpar isn't a one and done, which it doesn't seem like he would be. Um mm-hmm. You'd have two 6-10 guys come 2023, so that would be nice uh, as a team that has zero right now.
2: <laughs> um, so For all you wish- angry people that want to scream that, they don't have yeah. any height. All right, now we're gonna yeah. have two seven foot tall oafs. Are you happy?
1: You're getting your wish. They're just gonna never, never get a guard again. They're just gonna
2: get all six ten centers and see how it works.
1: Um, I think Ohio State should.
2: I think Ohio State should just continue to draft to draft. To um, I think Ohio State they should just keep recruiting the tallest player like Zach Eady and then just teach them basketball later because I swear to God if Zach Eady was like six eight he would not be a Big Ten basketball player.
1: Yeah, it's I, I love when a dude is seven three and gets four rebounds in a game. Uh, but this would be Ohio State does kind of need a boom. They've lost a couple, and, and nobody they've lost are like guys they thought they were really getting. But Sammy Wilcher and Reed Shepard were two guys they were looking at. They both committed elsewhere. Uh, Gabe Cups, who is uh, an Ohio State guard, he committed to Indiana. So they deserve kind of a boom here coming up with George Washington, um, and then. We'll see, hopefully. hopefully. So on Saturday, it looks like he's leading Ohio State, but we'll see on Saturday. It's either Ohio State or Indiana. I've seen no West Virginia smoke. So.
2: I think that will just about do it for us. That's about 45 minutes of... Uh, oof, that was a roller coaster. Um, if you are finding us on the website please make sure to also subscribe on spotify apple music wherever you get wherever you get the best of podcasts so that way you'll be notified when we put out new episodes every thursday find us under the Land grant holy land feed
1: yeah and you can find me at justin underscore Golba. you could find our twitter i didn't use it today at all because i was doing the recap but at bucket lghl we like to use that to interact with people you know, make sure you follow us and have some discussions or rant or something. If we get more followers and stuff, we'll probably maybe start doing, like, some spaces or something after games. I don't know. I'm afraid to do it now because I don't think anybody would join. But uh, if we get some more <laughs> if we get some more people, I'm down to do that. I, I was listening to a Michigan State one last night, which was so much fun because they were pissed, man. It's yeah, really were, fun. Uh, it's so yeah. fun to listen to them after a loss, man. They're just – they wanted Tom Izzo anywhere, but – Michigan stands hilarious just, they love they're it. just I love it
2: they're just taking large amounts of they're just copium they're they're, <laughs> they're, co- they're coping hard also before I give my before I close this out um, I feel like I I deserved an apology from Michigan State Twitter. Yeah, I, all I said a few I don't know if we talked about this last week. All I said online I did say that I don't think Michigan State has the guys, the guns, the horses to win the Big Ten. I think I said they're all B and B minus players. Not that they're bad. B and B minus is fine. I just don't think that they're like that great and then they lost by 21 to rutgers and they also lost to wisconsin the other night right
1: yes and they looked horrendous in doing so
2: so they're 0 2 with losses by like a combined like 32 points since i said that michigan state is full of b players so i feel like i was in the right by saying that um you can send your apology dms to my twitter at lamans underscore connor we appreciate you guys listening this week have a great weekend. Go Bucks.